for that amazing grace this morning. It is amazing. It is amazing because without his grace, we wouldn't be here today. Amen. We have another great lesson today. We're going to be uh, dealing with the parable of the banquet. This is our last lesson over parables uh, for this month. It's been a great series of, of lessons. I've enjoyed each one that's brought forth the word. I enjoyed the great message that we heard Wednesday night. Amen, Brother Josh did an awesome uh, uh, job te- uh, preaching Wednesday night, and God just moved in this place. If there ever was a time we need uh, to be stirred, it's now. Amen. Every service, we need to pray, God, give the man of God, whoever's preaching or teaching, a message that will shake me and stir me and speak to me. Amen. Because we just cannot afford one thing to be standing in the way when Jesus comes. Amen. We've got to constantly be aware. This could be the hour. This could be the minute. This could be the second. When he comes back, and I can't afford to allow anything, anything, no matter what the battle I'm going through with, whether it's through the flesh or whether it's trials and tests of life, or whatever it is, we have to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Amen. Because we can't overcome it by ourselves. It's going to be through the power of grace and mercy and the power of God. Amen. That we are able to overcome the tempter. I don't know about you, but I feel the the push of sin stronger than I've ever felt it before. I feel the battle, the, the pressures of of, of sin and, and corruption more than I ever have felt before in my life. It seems like it's kind of like when we were growing up as kids. We didn't face the things that our children are facing today. Well, we, the church, are not facing things that, or are facing things that they didn't. we didn't have to face in the beginning when I first got the Holy Ghost. Amen. Times is changing. Uh, the enemy is doing everything he can because the Bible says he knows that he's got a short time. Amen. Wake up. We need to wake up, church. We need to wake up, church. We only got a short time, too. If the devil knows he's got a short time, how much more ought the church know that we've got a short time? Amen. So I pray today that this uh, lesson helps us to be even more stirred. I know it stirred my heart, and I want to try to hurry because I know we got a limited time, and, and I want to try to get through with, with this lesson because it's so important for us today. Uh, the parable of the banquet, our lesson text is found in Matthew, the 22nd chapter, verses 1 through 14. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by a parable and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son. And he sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it and went their way, one to his form, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his uh, servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was was, uh, wroth, and he sent forth his army and, and destroyed those murderers and burned up their cities. Then said he to the servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. 
Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out uh, into the highways and gathered together all that as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not owned the wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having the wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. That's kind of scary right there, isn't it? Many are called, but few are chosen. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated this morning. Uh, what a stirring lesson this is today. We know that God was talking to the Jews or dealing with the Jews. He came to his own first, and the Bible said that they received him not. But to as many as received him, uh, they became the sons of God. Amen. So we know that God was dealing with the Jews at this point in time, but he was beginning to get to the place where he was going to send his disciples out unto the Gentiles to reach those who were not worthy to come, amen, as, as the Jews considered the Gentiles not worthy. I'm going to skip the little story we always have. It's, it's good, but I've got a lot of scriptures that I, I want to try to get out today, so if you'll just bear with me this morning. It was customary for a king to prepare a great feast for his son's wedding. Many friends and families were on the guest list, presuming uh, everyone would be delighted to attend. The king began to prepare a Lord's feast to accommodate all he had invited. The king sent his servants to, uh, uh, to the honored guests to let them know the food was prepared and the festivities would begin soon. The servants reported back that all the guests had declined the invitation. Uh, the king tried again and sent his servants pleading with them to come. He told them to tell the guests he had cooked his best meat. The most beautiful table was set and everything was perfect. Most of the invited guests ignored the servants and walked away. But some seized the servants, beat them, and killed them. Uh, and, you know, it just it's just like it is today. We, we know that, that the Lord has called us to go into all the world and preach this gospel to every creature. We're at that point now where God wants everybody to hear his word. He's reaching out to everybody. God's no respect to a person. Amen. He, he prepared the table. Amen. It says for the Jews first, and they refused to come. In one place he said, how long would I have drawn you underneath my wing? And you would not. Amen. That meaning that they would not come. They would not listen. But it is time. The Bible says it's high time that we awaken out of our sleep and realize the hour that we're in. Praise the Lord. We're in the last hour. I said we're, we're not in the last years or the months. We're in the last hours, I believe, with all my heart. Amen. That Jesus is about to come. I don't know if he's coming before all this chaos takes uh, turns loose. I don't know if he's coming after the war. I don't know if he's a mid-trip uh, or whenever he's coming, but I know one thing, he's coming. 
And I know one thing, we got to be ready whenever the hour comes. If he's going to wait to the end of the tribulation, I don't want to get rocked to sleep before that happens. Amen. If he's coming before all that happens, I want to be awake. I said, I want to be awake. Amen. God, shake the very foundation. Don't let me go to sleep at this hour. I've come too far to turn around and go back. Hallelujah. I look around. There's nothing. There's nothing worth going back to. But I got everything to go forward. I got too much to gain to lose. Hallelujah. The song said that they were seeing amazing grace. When I've been there 10,000 years, it's just going to begin. The joy, the peace, amen, the splendors of heaven, the table that God is going to prepare for us. He's spent a long, long time just making everything perfect just for the church that is coming back after. Amen. And if he was good enough to choose me to go, I want to be good enough for him in every way that he wants me to be. I want to love him. My God, my God. I want to give him everything I've got. If he loved me enough to choose me, he didn't have to do it, Sister Dale, but he did. Hallelujah. He must see something there. Hallelujah. It didn't matter what I looked like. It didn't matter where I'd been or what I'd done. He was looking down in that old heart and he said, I choose you. Amen. And now it's left up to us to choose him. I tell you, there won't one person walk out of this house today without knowing that you already been chosen by God. But it's left up to us to choose God now and to follow him with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength. Amen. Whatever the requirement, it ought not matter a hill of beans to us. It will be nothing to compare what the Lord is going to prepare for us. The king was devastated. How could they refuse the invitation of a king? He was not only dishonored by their refusal, and you think about it. Every one of us, whenever we refuse to do something for God, we're dishonoring God. We're dishonoring God. When we say, I can't do it, we're dishonoring God. We're telling God, you ain't got enough of power to help me to do those things. Come on, church, you might as well say amen this morning. Amen. But let me tell you, God will not call us to do anything that he won't qualify us for. Oh, you might get a little nervous. That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to be bound by fear and doubt and unbelief. But we got to learn how to shake it off. Amen. Let me tell the church something this is morning. This is no time to lay down your calling and say, I don't want to do it. But it's time to rise. Rise up. I don't care if you don't get nobody. Let me tell you, it's time to rise up and do it anyhow. Do your part. And when you stand before him, you'll never, he'll never say you didn't do what I asked you to do. But he's going to see your faithfulness. Whether you got any response or not, you still got to be faithful to God's call upon your life. Amen. 
We went four weeks straight without having a soul coming except for a couple of members from this church from our, to our, our Bible studies on Thursday night. But I still feel a pull to keep putting up that sign, Brother Grisham. I still feel a pull for my community. I've got to reach them. I've got to reach them. Hallelujah. They haven't responded. They haven't come yet except for this Thursday night. We had two ladies from another denomination come and they are hungry for the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. And we bound together with them even though they're from another denomination. We bound together for our community. Hallelujah. They're on one end praying and we're on the other. Church, it's time we bind together. Amen. And get the indifferences out of the way and let God do the work in between, amen. As we've stated many, many times, we can't change people. That's God's job. We get so stuck sometimes, and we will, people will change when they get the love of God in their heart. They, don't, they won't mind the change, but if you've got to make somebody do it, they will never stick. They will never stick. But whenever it just starts happening, and you can see God doing a work in them, that makes it so wonderful. When you begin to see God's love reaching in there, and all of a sudden they say, well, you know, I, I don't think I need to be doing this anymore. I don't want to talk like that. I don't want to go there anymore. That's the love of God, and you don't have to cram it down their face. All we got to do is preach the word and be a, a light and an example, and God is big enough to do the changing. Amen. So he was, he was dishonored by the guests who he had invited, just knowing that they were going to come, but they wouldn't. How many has ever been disappointed because you did everything in your power to get somebody to come, and they said they was, and then they didn't? Amen. It's very discouraging. I've been there a lot of times. It's discouraging, but we can't stop there. We can't stop there. We got, we got to keep praying for them. But there's somebody else. There's another door on down the road. We got to keep on knocking. I said we got to keep on knocking. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because somewhere there is a hungry heart. We just got to find them. Amen. We are blessed to be living under an umbrella of God's grace. We have witnessed people's decline uh, declining God's invitation time and time again. However, one day there will be a judgment for those who have rejected God's call. And I've said it before, I don't care who we are, God has never given any man the power to close the door for somebody else and says there's no hope for you. He hadn't. Only God can close that door and open that door. And he said, when I close it, no man will be able to open it. But he said, right now the door is open. Amen. The door is open. It don't matter who they are, how many times they fell in at this altar and repented and got back to God and walked out again. The door is still open. Amen. How long is it going to be open? I don't know. Today he's our Lord and Savior. Tomorrow he might be our judge. 
I said, today he's our Lord and Savior, but the mercy door will close. It's going to close, and when it closes, no man will be able to open it, and no man, I don't care how many knocks on the door, it's not going to be open anymore. I wish the church was full of souls that needed to realize that. Amen. They needed to know that one day that door, that, uh, that the God that we know today is love and mercy and full of grace and that he is all of that and more. But one day he is going to be a judge and he's no respect of person. He's going to judge every man according to their works. Everyone will be held responsible for every rebellious act and slanderous word uttered against God. One day God will pull out the book of life and the names of those who refuse to come to him will sadly be missing. I want to read in Revelation the 20th chapter verses 11 through 15. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat upon it from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. And there was found no place for them. Somebody say no place. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to his word or to their word works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. God is keeping a book. He's keeping a record. He knows whose name is written in the book. And he's waiting on many more names to be written down if they'll only come and accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Nobody, not even the devil himself, can take our name out of that book. The only one that can take that name out of that book is me and you, our own name. I can't take nobody else's name out, and you can't either. But I can't add nobody. It don't matter how many people want to hear about the loved one going to heaven. If they wasn't born again of the Spirit and of the water, if they hadn't been baptized in Jesus' name and received the power, the gift of the Holy Ghost, we are not going to be able to go. The Bible says that that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, if it dwell in you, if it dwell in you, that's where if is a mighty big word if it dwell in you it will also quicken your mortal body that spirit is fixing to go up one of these days real soon and we must be full of the Holy Ghost and fire amen we must keep that lamp trimmed and burning we gotta keep that vessel full of oil day and night because we don't know the hour when Jesus is coming there's a lot of people with good intentions out there today but hell is also full of people with good intentions 
And I don't know if there's anybody here today that don't have the Holy Ghost, but if you don't have the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, my, my cry to you is get busy. Don't wait on somebody else. There's a prayer altar in this church. There's one at your house. There's one going down the road. You ain't got to be in the house of God to get the Holy Ghost. If you'll get it right with God, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost because he, he's not willing that any perish. Nobody's going to have an excuse come that day. And that's why God is keeping a book. And let me tell you, he keeps good records. He keeps good records. And if we want to go, we better make sure we're not going to fly out of here on, on our husband or our wife's coattail. My children ain't going to fly out of here on my coattail. They've got to make their own mind up. I love God more than I love the world, the things of the world. So therefore, I've got to seek God with all of my heart. Somebody say all of my heart. My mind, soul, and strength. Amen. There won't be an excuse. There will not be an excuse. For nobody. Those that are in the grave, there is no excuse. Because God, at one time or another, has knocked on their heart and gave them a chance. Somebody would say, I don't believe it like that. Well, you don't believe the Bible then. I don't care what the Bible says. We better believe it from the first, from the book of Genesis to Revelation. Amen. We better not try to pull out pages and say, that's not for me today. It is for us today. We can't pull out pages and expect to make it. It is by what thus saith God, not by what thus saith this preacher or the pastor or anybody else. We better make up our mind. There is a requirement of God to be able to enter in, amen, to the kingdom of God. And he said, many are called, but few are chosen. Why are many called, but few are chosen? He's going to give everybody a chance, but just a few of them is going to uh, make up their mind come hell or high water I'm going to live for God come on church I don't care what comes my way I'm going to live for God I've got my mind made up <laughs> I've got my foot on the rock it ain't no storm going to take me down because I'm built upon a solid foundation Hallelujah. Amen. And the sea and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the, into the lake of fire. You know, we, the church today is having to walk a fine line because people have got so many feelings stuck out. They don't want to hear you talk about hell. They don't want to hear you say anything about what God requires of you. They just want to pull up around God's table and, and eat, the, eat the blessings of the Lord. But whenever it comes time for living for God, they want to push away, away from the table and, and set sail somewhere else. But let me tell you, there is requirements in the Word of God that the church has got to be going by. And if we don't go by, then we're not going to make it. 
It's serious, church. This is not no time to play games. This is not no time to wonder if I really got the Holy Ghost or not. This is not no time to really wonder if I'm really in love with God or not. It's time we better find an altar and make sure we got a no-soul salvation. Amen. I know I've been born again. I know I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I got up this morning speaking in other tongues as a Spirit of God, give me the utterance. Not something somebody taught me how to say. I don't want that. I don't want that false Holy Ghost, but I want that Holy Ghost and fire. That kind that burns in here. That kind that I can't keep it to myself. I gotta tell somebody about it. When we love someone, it seems we never have enough time with that person. Come on. The young couples who have recently gotten engaged cannot wait until they uh, can be together without saying goodbye. Come on. When we grow, when when our children grow up and and then they want to come back and spend the night with us, I'm sure we don't tell them, no, you can't. We're just glad to have them. Amen. God loves us more than we can imagine. His spirit draws us to him because he loves us more than any creation he's ever designed. To God, great dis, to God's great disappointment when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, it caused division between them. God wanted that relationship back. The purpose, and I believe that's why he's delayed his coming. He still wants that relationship. He's still reaching for him today. The purpose of his life and death on earth was to bridge the gap between him and his beloved creation. He came to be the perfect lamb to be slain for our sins. 1 Timothy 3.16. Amen. Let me read that to you. I don't think I had him put it up there. And without controversy... Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. When we fall, when we fall in love with God, we gladly accept every invitation He extends to us. Now, I'm just going to say this, might as well. If we love God, we're going to want to be at his house. We're going to want to be involved in what's going on. Come on, don't, don't, don't put that rebellious uh, or that block up there trying to rebuke or, or stand against what God is saying to us today. We're going to want to be in the house of the Lord. Every little excuse and devils, the devil has got many and he offers them all the time. And we fall into those excuses too many times. We do realize there's times that people is going to be gone. We do realize there's times that things are going to happen that we can't make it. But just to be a holy roller and roll over and go back to sleep, God ain't welcoming that.
want to be on time. I want to hear what the first of the message said just as much as I want to hear what the last of the message said. I want to listen to the songs that those singers have prayed over and got out there and struggled with to try to get it just right so as that we could be uplifted and strengthened by those songs. I want to see your smiling faces. Because when I see your smiling faces, it makes me want to smile. It makes me have joy. Amen. When I see you shout, it makes me have joy. When I see them take off and run around this building, that gives me joy. If I'm not here, I'm missing all that joy. And I wonder why I can't have joy all during the week. Because I never reached out and got joy. I never was in the presence of joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. That's where I'm going to be made an overcomer is by having the joy. Getting up and joining in, clapping your hands ain't going to break your arm. You might not can run. You might not can do a lot of things, but I'm sure almost everybody in here has got use of your arms. I want to see everybody in church raise at least one hand. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm not the judge. I just like to see your hands. Well, most of you do. Most of your hand is working today. Oh, you might think that's foolish, but it ain't foolish to God. It's not foolish to God. Ah, that's just like the pastor talked about coming into the house into his presence with thanksgiving and joy. We have to jump for joy sometimes. We have to work for joy. We can sit around all the time and we can think about everything that's bad and never talk about and think about nothing is good. And I promise we're going to stay down all the time. But if we begin to think about the joy of the Lord and all the things that God has done for me, even if i got to reach way back out and remember the time he brought me out of sin, I ought to be shouting for an eternity just about that because he brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. I got something to find some joy about. The world is the one that's depressed. The world is the one that don't have no joy because they are so tired of looking and they haven't found that joy because they refuse to allow God to give them that joy. I accept the joy of the Lord. Amen. I accept the presence of God in my life. It, Brother Mahaney, I love my pastor, but it really touched my heart the other day when he said, I'm running for Richie. Because I said when he passed away that I was going to keep running for him. And I was reading a text that Sister Ann had wrote whenever Richie had passed away and talking about how her and Brother Billy and that family loved him. And I know they did because they prayed for him many, many times. But she talked about the many times that, that she knew he wasn't able and he was sick and still get up and run and rejoice in the Lord. Sometime we just got to do it. Amen. Amen. Sometime we just got to do it. Amen. Because on that deathbed, he couldn't do it. Amen. But I know God was looking down at all them times that he did 
do it when he didn't feel like doing it, but he did it anyway. And it made my heart rejoice because my pastor was willing to shout every service just for Richie. But you know what? One of these days, pastor, you're going to get up there and you're going to join Richie's hand and we're going to walk over heaven with him and we're going to rejoice with all the saints. We're going to rejoice with Brother Wallace. We're going to rejoice with your moms and dads because they did it while they could. I'm not preaching against anybody or anything. Please don't take this wrong. But I'm mad at the devil this morning for trying to keep us down and not allowing us. But sometimes the Bible says we just got to put the devil under our feet. Amen and rejoice anyway. I wouldn't say this to embarrass him, but the last Sunday, I guess Sunday before last, Brother Trey was here. God is really doing a work, and we need to really keep him in our prayers. And we were standing side by side. And I don't know if Brother Trey's ever shouted or not. I, I don't remember seeing him. But, you know, God just spoke to me and said, just grab him by the hand and tell him to pick up them feet. Pick up them feet. And I could feel we had to get over some little stuff right there. Them feet wasn't coming too high at first. But in a few minutes, he got victory, and he began to, he began to shout, amen. And he began to put some things under his feet probably that, that I didn't know about, but God knew about it. But he put the devil under his feet right there, and he began to do something he ain't never done before that I know of. And he began to shout and give God praise, hallelujah. Sometimes we just got to pick up our feet, amen, and shout on top of the devil's head and let him know we have authority over him. Hallelujah. The king entered the receiving hall where the guests were waiting. He, off, he offered them festive robes in exchange for their filthy rags. Aren't you glad you was able to take off those old filthy rags one day? Excitedly, they shed their dirty, smelly, worn-out clothes for the beautiful, clean Colorful garments. You know, it blows my mind. Wouldn't, why wouldn't anybody want to change garments? Why wouldn't anybody want to put a little right guard on and get, get out of them old filthy garments? Come on, Jesus is my right guard. our heart when we offer somebody salvation to know our God. Or if we don't, we should. Amen. But I'm not going to stand and lose my joy because they don't want theirs. I'm not going to lose my victory and my expectation because somebody else don't want what God has offered them. 
They can have the same thing you got and I got today. Come on, church. I said they can have the same thing God has given us. He's no respect a person. He hadn't given me some, uh, so much over you than what he's given you. It doesn't matter. You're no respect a person. He gave us all the same gift. All the same love. He loves me just as much as he loves you. And he loves you just as much as he loves anybody else. I'm glad my father's got some big old arms that he can just pull us all up and love us all at the same time. Amen. Hallelujah. Only the royal family and their esteemed guests were usually in the dining hall of the palace. This was a day of change to have commoners sitting at the same table as the king and his family. What an awesome, awesome time. I'm glad he's no respecter person. That he loves us all the same. Because you know what? Probably none of us would be here today if he didn't. The Jewish audience <coughs> Jesus was addressing may have wondered how they under, how they un, uh, these undeserving guests could ever be a part of the king's feast. Now, again, we have to remind our own self sometimes that I don't care who walks through that door. We used to be one of those undeserving. And I don't care what we were, how bad. We better not. Let me just say, we better not get our eyes on their clothes, on them, or anything about them. Because if they walk through them doors, they are here for a reason and a purpose. And we better love them just like we love all the rest of us. Oh. Because that love is probably what brought every one of us in. That's what brought me in. I mean, I'd been to churches before where I'd been snooted. <laughs> where I didn't feel too loved. Did I want to go back? Not really. Uh, but I sure wanted to go back down there where that little old Pentecostal church was and full of the Holy Ghost, just loving everybody that walked through the doors. Because you know what? Whenever I walk back in them doors, every time I'd see some of them old boys and other people that I've run around with were so bound just like me. But God had delivered them and set them free, and they were up there shouting and worshiping the Lord. I wanted what they had more than anything else. And you know what? I wanted it so bad, I got it. I got it. I didn't get it by sitting in that corner pew where I first sat at. Scared somebody was going to throw something on me or a preacher was going to come back in and jerk me up and carry me down in my altars or was going to make a holy roller out of me. I wrestled with them spirits of pride. Come on. I said, I wrestled with them spirits of pride. But you know what? Greater is he that wanted me than he that had me. 
because every night I moved up a little bit closer until I got so close that I wound it up down at an old-fashioned altar, amen, not knowing what the Holy Ghost was or anything else. And back them days, I told you before, if you was back in them days, you knew when you got to them altars, you wasn't getting up until you got the Holy Ghost. I mean, it looked like they was going to crucify you. Everybody had one leg, a leg and an arm. It was a sight to behold. <laughs> they knew they better not let this one up. <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't get up. I'm glad I got what God had for me. Because I still got it today. I still got it today. Amen. Although the Jews was God's chosen people, this new message for the Jews uh, to consider uh, revealed how God would extend grace and favor uh, to another people. We are blessed to be the, uh, we are blessed to be counted among the royalty of heaven. The King of Kings invited us to be His friend. He not only wants us to be His friend, but He wants us to be family, as He calls us unto Himself. Our responsibility is to believe. The Bible says in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, in the 6th verse, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. We must believe that he is and he is a rewarder. And that when we come to them altars and we ask him to fill us with the Holy Ghost or whatever our needs are, we got to believe that he's going to reward us with all those blessings that he's got for us. If we believe, we will act upon our faith. If we believe, a lot of people say, I believe, and that's all it takes. But faith is the substance of things hoped for, the Bible says, the evidence of things not yet seen. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we got to put our faith to work. Amen. Amen. If I believe God's going to heal me, I've got to keep believing God, keep praying and touching God. I can't give up. I'm not going to give up. God's going to do it because I stand on his word. If my children are lost today, I ain't going to give them to the devil and forget praying for them. I'm going to keep praying and believe in God. Amen. I'm going to believe God. I don't care how far they are away from God. I'm still trusting God's hand is not short, and neither is there heavy that he does not hear my prayer. Because he does. He hears my prayers. He hears your prayers. Oh, wouldn't the old devil just like for us to give up? Just quit praying. We you know, he probably comes to someone and said, you're so tired of praying that. You've been praying that same old prayer for years. And God ain't answered yet. Well, God's got a timing for everything. Amen. We have to remind the devil that God's got a timing, whether it's for my, my kids' salvation, my healing, my deliverance, whatever it is, God's got a timing. Amen. Pastor preached an awesome message uh, Friday Friday.
saved yet, so God's still working. He's still reaching out. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. All I've got to do is wait upon the Lord, and I'm going to renew my strength. And I'll mount up with wings as an eagle. I'm going to run. I'm going to run and not grow weary. I'm going to walk and not faint. I mean, he's got mind made up. You're not going to faint. Amen. But you're going to keep running. You're going to keep walking. Amen. Till you see God moving. Amen. And the Bible goes on to say in Acts 2 and 29, For the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So it is God's will for us to be saved. Amen. It's God's will. The ideal that Jesus introduced to his Jewish audience must have been nothing less than astonishing. The notion that God would extend his mercy and grace to an unbelieving, uh, to undeservers, uh, may have been uh, uh, countercultural to say the least. But Jesus sat and ate with the sinners, touched the diseased, and, he, and held conversations with outcasts. He showed us how God's grace is designed for the undeserving. In the realms of God's magnificent holiness, no one is truly worthy. We are our undeserving sinners who have been washed, saved, sanctified by the redemption of his righteousness. We are made worthy by his blood. The receiving hall filled with chatter and laughter and, and merriment. The king scanned the crowd. Everything seemed to be in order. As he turned uh, to order the dinner to be served, he spotted one guest still in rags. Why was this happening? The king approached the guest who was still in rags. Surely he had not refused the beautiful, clean, new garments designed for the wedding guest at the door. The king asked why the man was not in proper wedding attire. The man just looked at him and had nothing to say because that's what people are going to have, nothing to say when they stand before God. Amen. No word, no explanation. Nothing except for a challenging, rebellious stare in the eyes of the, to the eyes of the king. We, are, we have all probably encountered a person who rejects Jesus, Jesus Christ, uh, <clears throat> one who blames him for all the bad things that are happening in the world. I mean, this is a lie from the devil. You know, he's come to lie. He is a liar. He come to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. So he's got plenty of them lies, and he wants us to believe them. Amen. We would be quick to judge the this person, but God is gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. For those who are not interested in God in any way, now listen to this, it is better for us to leave them in the hands of a merciful God and keep, and keep loving them and praying for them. You can't make, I can't make anybody live for God. So leave them in the hands of God. The ungrateful guest had no regard for the time and the effort the king had put into making this amazing feast for his guest. We must remember what Jesus did for us. We experience salvation through his death, burial, and resurrection. Likewise, we die out to our sins through repentance. We are buried with him through baptism in his precious name. Then we have the promise of new life 
when we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, ignoring these acts of love would be similar to what the ungrateful guest at the wedding feast did to the king. Did y'all hear that? Not wanting to repent, to be baptized in his name, and to be filled with his Holy Ghost is the same thing that that man did unwillingly putting on the wedding garment. It's called rebellion. You're not going to tell me what to do. You're judging me. But God said this is the only way that we're going to get there. Are we willing to do what God said? Are we willing to take a chance that he's going to have mercy on us when the mercy door has been closed? Let me remind you, and I've got to stop. Let me remind you that the door was closed. He told the servant to take that unprofitable servant, cast him in the outer darkness. Where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. The mercy door was closed. He had not another chance to be saved. Can you even fathom that? It's hard to fathom that. And a lot of people don't even want to think about it. People will probably walk out of this building today thinking, I've had plenty of chances, I'm going to have another one. You might. I hope you do. But then again, you might not. But if that door closes on you today, I promise you, all the screaming and the crying we do won't get God to open the door. And many people say, how, will, how can a merciful God do that? Almost 2,000 years his mercy has reached out. Just like the man cried out, send somebody to warn my family hell is really real. And Abraham said, if they don't believe the prophets, they're not going to believe one rose from the dead. I don't care how many miracles God does today. A lot of people are still not going to live for him and serve him. But let me tell you this. God's going to have a bride. God's going to have a bride. Whether I've made up my mind or not, God is going to have a bride. Whether you make up your mind or not, God is going to have a bride. And it's going to be a bride that the Bible says has separated themselves from the world, have come out from among the world and separated themselves and gave themselves a what? A living sacrifice unto him. Holy, that means completely. It's not talking about just dress there. It's talking about it completely. You've got to give yourself completely to God, holy and acceptable unto him, which ought to be in our reasonable service. It ought to be not a have to. It ought to be in our reasonable service that we give God praise, glory, and honor today and give him our soul, mind, and body with gladness, with joy. Amen. Why don't we all stand and clap our hands unto the Lord who is gracious and mercy and not willing that any perish but that all should come to repentance. Amen.